Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Chi a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now, and the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger. Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome. You're listening to another edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. And I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. <laughs> and we're continuing in our series on relationship issues. We first covered male issues and female sexual issues. And now we're working on couple sexual issues. And tonight's episode is on conflicting values around monogamy with couples. Because sometimes one person or the other doesn't share the same values around monogamy. And there are some myths, before we get into this, around monogamy that's out there. Here's the Prince Charming myth that one person is going to come into our life and make life happily ever after. And that's doesn't work. <laughs> Relationships take work on both sides. 
and it takes communication, it takes a lot of dedication to the relationship. I think another myth that comes up is this myth that there's one and only one soulmate just for me. And that just doesn't work. (laughs) It's totally bogus because we aren't born that way. We're born to love each other and whether or not it's in a monogamous relationship, some people are more compatible with us than others. And you may find someone that's very good fit for a relationship and you communicate and the relationship goes well, but that doesn't mean they're a soulmate. (laughs) And so I'd kind of like to break those two myths right off the bat because they're so prevalent in our culture today. Any thoughts, Paul? Yeah. Um, so both me and Gigi are ethically non-monogamous, polyamorous. So our perspective is going to definitely skew a little more that way. But monogamy is a perfectly valid choice for couples who choose it. And another thing, I think the stats are that about half of relationships wind up having to deal with infidelity at some point or another. And it can feel like a betrayal, and it is a betrayal when that happens. But it doesn't have to be the end of the relationship. And it might take some time, and it can take a lot of work to get past an incidence of infidelity. But if you're committed to a relationship, it is definitely something that you can work through. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that comes up a lot of times is that we think that monogamy is one thing. And actually, the real definition of monogamy is that Two virgins meet. Mm -hmm. They date. They stay virgins until they get married. And then they jump in and have sex and live happily ever after. And, you know, I say this a little tongue-in-cheek, but most modern-day relationships are actually serial monogamy one or both partners are not virgins when they get into the monogamous relationship. And it's one after another until you find a partner that you're really compatible with. And so given that, it's good to kind of think about what is real monogamy and what is it we're embracing in monogamy. And I think it's important to kind of get clear on our definitions. Maybe you're fortunate and you and your partner were virgins and you've been living a monogamous lifestyle. Yay for you. (laughs) But for the most part, most couples today are practicing not monogamy is a true definition, but really more of a serial monogamy 
where you've had past relationships and you even monogamous ones and you're moving on and finding someone else and getting into another monogamous relationship and that's cool but i just like to be clear on definitions <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah one of the parts of this that comes up is a lot of times the two people may be sexually monogamous but there might be issues with certain other kinds of intimacy because sex isn't the only form of intimacy and that can lead to some hurt feelings and sometimes one partner feels that someone is emotionally cheating on them when they open up about certain things with another person or something like that. So it's important to communicate your boundaries before you get to a point where you wind up with hurt feelings because one person thought that they were completely in the realm of what they find is okay and only to find out that you're not okay with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that I wanted to kind of cover some of these things before we get into the issues around monogamy and how values can differ between partners around monogamy. In a monogamous relationship, when someone goes behind their back and cheats, it is a very hard thing to overcome. But it can be overcome. Many couples have gone through this and have learned to love each other in spite of the betrayal and have gone on to live a more monogamous lifestyle. But it takes a lot of work and communication and counseling is really highly recommended in those situations because it takes some time to heal and move on from the experience. Mm -hmm. But before we go on too much more on monogamy, I'd like to talk about that in our culture, monogamy is kind of the golden standard. It used to be the only way, <laughs> but now there's other relationship models. There's everything from polyamory to fuck buddies to friends with benefits to all kinds of mm-hmm. relationship patterns that are legitimate now, or at least more so than 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so monogamy isn't the only choice out there. And that makes things a little more difficult to navigate the waters of relationships because it's hard to get on the same page if one partner has a different kind of value system around monogamy. Mm-hmm. But I know there's several different causes that can come up with infidelity. There's everything from midlife crisis to just 
the sex life at home has become a little too routine or non-existent to any number of issues that can cause one partner or the other to kind of look look beyond the marriage and a monogamous relationship and find some relief. And sex is a very strong part of us. We need sex. It's a very deep need for a great majority of people. And so I bring this up that it's not something that we should be so judgmental on. Sometimes we have to give each other a little bit of a break and really come to it with an understanding that sex is a very primal need. Yeah, and one thing I I will say is if you find yourself in a place where you've contemplated cheating, but you haven't cheated yet, but you still have a desire for something outside of your relationship, it is better to have the conversation with your partner before you cheat and see if you can work out something if your needs aren't being met. Talk with your partner about how your needs aren't being met. See if you can figure out a way to get your needs met with your partner if monogamy is something that is important to both of you or discuss alternatives to maybe finding another sexual outlet. And there's a lot of different ways that can happen. There, You can find a friend with benefits, or you could go to a swingers party. You could, could have a threesome. You could wind up in a polyamorous relationship where... There's full-blown emotions and things like that. And depending what it is that's missing will kind of dictate what you should look for. Mm-hmm. And once again, communication is key. And sometimes it's hard to communicate these things to a partner, especially if you love them deeply and you know that they're really into the monogamous thing. It's like, but it takes talking about it. Mm -hmm. It takes not ignoring the elephant in the room, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah, I I think one of the ways that this can become a big issue is if you discover that you are queer later in life and either are bisexual or a lot of people get into monogamous relationships with people of of the opposite gender thinking that they can make it work or maybe not even realizing that they're same-sex attracted but as they live their life they come to realize that it's a part of themselves that's never going to go away and I've seen that happen a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, a lot of times, I, I, I had a lot of problems with monogamy myself because part of it was timing. I meet this hot girl, and 
fall madly in love and we kind of get into a relationship. And then a few weeks after, as we were in the relationship, I meet another girl that really fired me up. And it was a matter of timing. It's like, okay, I've promised myself to this person. And it's kind of a dilemma for me. And I think the other part of the equation for me was that oftentimes I would meet someone and it was like, it was good, but I didn't know ahead of time. And in monogamy, one of the things I think is unfair about it is that you're supposed to dedicate yourself to this person in a monogamous relationship without ever having sex first. And so how do you know if you're sexually compatible? And one of the issues I had early on was I promised to be monogamous. I only did this a few times early on. And then find out that, oh, we're not really that sexually compatible. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ended the relationship because of that. And so there's a lot of factors that are kind of a hit or miss, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so to speak. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts in that direction? Yeah, that is one of the big problems with monogamy. Like, I, I guess I'm lucky in that I realized I was not monogamous before I ever got into any relationship. So every relationship I've ever had, monogamy was never on the table. But I know that I've had experience with partners that I wasn't extremely sexually compatible with. And it did cause problems in that they would feel bad because they would feel like they couldn't give me what I was looking for. But I also felt bad because I knew that it hurt their feelings that the person really didn't do it for me. And it can be a really difficult thing to to work through. But also, people can get through just about anything. I've known people who were in relationships where like one person's highly sexual and the other person's asexual. You can work through anything with a partner as long as you communicate it with them. Mm-hmm. And I think there's other issues that can come up in monogamy. Do you want to have children? And is your partner online with that? I know I never wanted to have kids. I'm the oldest of seven. I've already done my duties as in changing diapers and taking care of babies. I don't want that anymore. And I had a partner once long ago that she wanted to have like a huge 12 kids if she could, (laughs) whether adopted or through having sex. Fortunately, I was enough aware. I said, this is a hot potato. I'm not going there. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not into having kids. 
And so some people really want to have kids, some people don't. And there's a whole host of other issues, religion, family, how close you are to your family, all kinds of things, and in-laws, and just the whole gamut. Relationships are complex. Mm -hmm. And so getting into a monogamous relationship, and especially when you're young, mm -hmm. and saying, okay, I'm going to jump in this because that's what I've been taught to do, then all of a sudden you open the can of worms, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's not working out. That and also people's feeling around things change too. Like I was dating someone for a while who wanted lots of children until she dated someone who had a kid and she realized she didn't want any children after that. It was a difficult realization for her to make, but it's good that she was able to find that out before she had any of her own. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're bringing this up because monogamy is a lifelong commitment, supposedly, <laughs> for most people. Mm -hmm. And it can be a very hard thing if you jump into it too quickly. You really need to know the person and even though you're not allowed to have sex, at least get to know where you stand on all the life issues before you commit to something like that. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't. They fall in love, and it's like, it's not the magic fairy tale we're told. Mm -hmm. You meet someone, fall madly in love, get married, and live happily ever after. No. It really takes working on a relationship and knowing what you're getting into before you jump in. Yeah. And like uh, one of the things that happens in all relationships in the beginning, you are filled with new relationship energy in RE and it, it feels magical and you get swept off your feet and you're going out and having a great time and you laugh at all their jokes and they laugh at all your jokes and everything seems perfect at the beginning of a relationship and it can be really tempting to jump in with both feet at that point and it's only after you've been in a relationship for six months a year Sometimes the new relationship energy doesn't wear off until two years down the line. But eventually you settle down, there's problems at work, There, y'all have your first fight, whatever it is. And like you have to realize that's just part of like being in a relationship with a person is loving the version of them that isn't just fun and good sex and laughter and and all of that. There's also a mortgage and your jobs and your work and having to figure out who does the dishes. <laughs> and I would like to shed a positive light on all that. 
I've been in several long-term relationships and sitting down and it feels nitty-gritty going through the process, but you hash it out, you kind of figure out what's what. But long-term relationships do have a very special thing. I know that I've been with my current partner for over 25 years and we're very much in love. And we're both poly, we're both bisexual. I know she's a life partner for me. And we have had moments of joy. We've had moments where we really were hashing shit out and it was difficult. But we came to some compromises. And I know how much I love her and how much I love Paul. Mm -hmm. And it takes really coming to terms and figuring out how are we going to navigate the rough waters? Because mm -hmm. there's going to be rough waters in any relationship at some point along the road. But what I discovered was sometimes those rough waters make us stronger and make us more connected. We bond deeper once we've transversed the rough waters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's long-term relationships are really, really powerful and really, really magical. And one of the nice things about working through some of that harder stuff with a person is it's, it's something that you can can get used to over time being poly i've had several relationships that wound up getting past the nre and like the first time you go through it it's it can be really really difficult but each each time after that that you go through it it gets a little easier and you wind up being a little more sure of where you stand on different things and what you find acceptable, what you are willing to compromise on and what you're not willing to compromise on. Mm -hmm. And also one of the things I have found is a lot of people think that a relationship that ends is a failed relationship and i very much disagree with that if you transition from a romantic relationship to a friend relationship and both people wind up better for the relationship even if the romantic part of the relationship ends that's still a successful relationship in my book and I'd like to jump in and say, even when you don't remain in contact, mm -hmm. there's something you got out of it while it was going on. Or at least for me, I got a lot out of every relationship I've been in. There's a connection, there's great sex in some of them. And it helped me grow and experience. And it's like, Experience is something that's a very special thing. It's like when I was inexperienced in everything, I was learning. 
And as I went through experiences, I gained a deeper knowledge about life, a deeper realization about who and what I am. And it's kind of like the going through the fire. <laughs> it helped me mold and really fine-tune who and what I am. And it's through these experiences that you get that. It's not through academia. It's not through book learning. It's through the trials of life. I think that's where the magic occurs. When you have a relationship and everything goes south and it, you wind up breaking up, and I've had a few of those, to this day I look back on what we had at one point, and it was special and magical and beautiful. And yeah, it broke up, but it was an experience that I treasure today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's not to, to say that Again, like, you don't have to break up just because there's been an infidelity. Mm -mm. But it does mean that something needs to be addressed. One of the worst things you can do is just ignore it and swallow down the anger and bite your tongue. And just because that anger will just build and build and build and can lead to some really, really hurt feelings. It, it can lead to a lot of bad things. If you... A lot of destruction. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I'd like to jump in here mm -hmm. and say that there's times when you need to be able to forgive someone. And forgiveness can bring about the healing period. Mm -hmm. Saying, hey, I forgive you. You're okay. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Let's work on this together. And it can be a very special bonding experience to go through that process. It hurts. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I mean, oh, my heart has been broken. <laughs> it, but mm -hmm. there was healing. And it's also good to be willing to see in what ways you contributed to the situation that led to the infidelity. Like, even if you weren't the partner who did the cheating, there's a lot of reasons that people cheat. And if you close yourself off to your partner, sometimes it might make them seek comfort elsewhere. If you deny them or... And that's not to say that it's always your fault that someone cheats on you. I would like to jump in and say it's nobody's fault. Mm -hmm. I think in some ways the fault really lies in living in a sex-negative culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, like, it, it is important to also focus on moving forward. Mm -hmm. And how you you can both move forward. So, yeah. Uh -huh, and we're to station break already. Boy, the time flies. <laughs> and I have a couple of announcements. First of all, I've taken down all my video training programs. And in 
January, I'm going to launch a whole new arena of training programs. And I don't want to give out too much right away, but we're planning some big stuff coming up. So stay tuned. In January, we will be putting together some amazing things that's coming up. I'm very excited about this. It's like the platform I was using was just getting a little too expensive, and I'm not making enough money doing video training programs, so we're going to go to something new, mm-hmm. and it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. But even still, visit our websites. I have ravenslayerleather.com and ladyboytemple.com and ggwilber.com. And all of them have a lot of information. And on ggwilber.com, you can do sex coaching. You can do all kinds of things. Explore on Ladyboy Temple. You can learn about Aphrodite's temple. It's based on the ancient sex temples where people went to get healing, to get sex, to get a whole experience on a sexual level. And today I still run Aphrodite's Temple at pagan events and at Burning Man events. So if you want to learn more about Aphrodite's Temple, go to ladyboytemple.com. Anything you want to add, Paul? You can also visit our Patreon and become a patron. You can either find the link on both ggwilber.com and on ravenslayerleather.com. You can also visit it straight away through patreon.com forward slash ladyboygg. Mm-hmm. I'd like to take a moment to go back to our topic, but before I do, I I really would like some support from our listeners. We do a lot of work to put together these shows, and we're paying out of pocket right now. And a little bit of help, even if it's a dollar a month, or even one pledge, a single pledge of $15, $20, that would go a long way for keeping us going on adult bedtime stories. So give some thought. If you value what we're offering on this show, help support us so we can keep doing the work we do. Ya casi es la temporada de fiestas y en JCPenney tenemos de todo para ti y tu familia. Ya sea que estés en modo fiesta, fuera de casa o en casa, tenemos el estilo que buscas. Como vestidos para salir de noche o lindos looks para la foto con Santa. Y no olvides las pijamas coordinadas para lucir en familia. Tus marcas favoritas te esperan durante toda la temporada. Looks increíbles a precios impresionantes. JCPenney, celebraciones que valen la pena. And so back to our topic, we're talking about monogamy and different values around monogamy between partners. 
And I'd like to kind of change the focus a little bit because a lot of people aren't aware about different options in relationships. There are so many. I mean, it's kind of contrived that there's one and only one that's correct, being monogamy. And I'm not saying anything bad about monogamy. I'm just saying that's not the only option. And so open your mind a little bit. I know that for me, polyamory fit me well, but at the time in my life, I also enjoyed having fuck buddies. I've had many amazing experiences. Just having a friend that we went be beyond friendship and enjoyed sex. And there's no emotional attachments. There's, it wasn't a romantic thing. It was just getting into our primal sex. And that, I mean, sex for me can be romantic. It can be primal. It can be so many different things. And I think one of the things I discovered as I went through my process of development was discovering all the different facets of sexuality and exploring and experiencing. And I can tell you, I'm well experienced. (laughs) I know, so one of the things that has been happening more and more as polyamory and non-monogamy have become more accepted is and I've seen this happen with a lot of friends is someone will meet someone and really want to date them but one of the people is polyamorous and the other person has no experience with poly and A couple of things can occur when that happens. Sometimes the poly person winds up doing what they're used to and like having other relationships. And sometimes that can lead to jealousy on the part of the unexperienced person. It also happens where sometimes non-monogamous people meet polyamorous people and force them into a monogamous relationship and that can lead to a lot of hurt feelings and issues in polyamorous circles people who regularly like hook up with polyamorous people and then try to get them into monogamous relationships are called cowboys so try not to be a cowboy it's not a good look If you know that you are monogamous and that you'll never be happy outside of a monogamous relationship, maybe don't hook up with primarily polyamorous people because that can lead to a lot of problems. Yeah. And I'd like to jump in and say that I was once married to a woman and we first started our relationship, I said, I'm bisexual, I'm polyamorous, I'm 
I'm very open. And she went along with it for a number of years. And then she kept trying to make me be monogamous. It didn't work. It won't work because it's in my nature to be poly. It's what I am into. And I love her. We're still friends today. We get together every so often. But we had to break up. And basically I said, look, if you want a monogamous relationship, it can't be with me. It was hard. But I had to maintain my boundaries. And she had to maintain hers. And she started dating other people. And once we broke up, and it took some time, it took us both a about a year to get over it. And sometimes a breakup is a good thing. It, because the compatibility wasn't there. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't going to work no matter what. And so sometimes a breakup can be a good thing. It may feel horrible at the time. I know it felt horrible for me when I went through it. And for her. And for her. But I knew it was the right decision. And it was a few years later that I met my current partner. And I feel so blessed because I went through this process. I stood firm on what I believe in and what I am. And she stood firm in what she believed in. And we're all living much more happy lives. Why fight a battle that neither person can win? Mm -hmm. And so a breakup isn't necessarily bad. Mm -hmm. I think it's only bad when there could be a solution. Mm -hmm. And so it takes really looking and and I did a lot of soul searching before we broke up. It takes really understanding ourselves, our partner, and what I want and what she wants or what he wants. And, and I had a boyfriend once that wanted to be monogamous. And I said, no, <laughs> it's not going to work. I'm not designed that way. And that this was back in the era before polyamory was even a word. I said, I, I'm into open marriage. I'm into open relationships. I'm not into this monogamous thing. And I know we're talking anti-monogamy a little bit. And I want to acknowledge that. But... I'm bringing this up because monogamy may not be the answer for you. Maybe it is. Mm -hmm. For some people it is. And I'm good with that. But search your soul. Are you being monogamous out of cultural values? Mm -hmm. Because other people say this is the way you should be. Don't go with what should be. Go with what's in your heart. And one thing 
a lot of people think like, oh, I'm too jealous for polyamory. And there's this myth that poly people don't get jealous, and that's not true at all. One of the things in poly, though, when you do get jealous, it's important to talk to your partner partners about like your jealousy and where you think it's coming from and it might be something that you realize like I'm feeling this jealousy I realize that it's something I need to work on I don't think that you've done anything wrong but I need to let you know that I'm feeling this thing but also mm -hmm. sometimes that jealousy isn't coming from the fact that your partner is sleeping with another person it might come from somewhere else like Fear. i'm <laughs> uh, or, yeah like i see the way that you interact with your other partner and like i feel jealous about some of the ways that you react with them i wish you reacted that way with me but also every relationship is different but it's all about communication. It's all about figuring out where these are. And the flip side of jealousy in polyamory is a feeling called compersion. And I think compersion is one of the most beautiful parts about polyamory. It's the feeling of joy that you feel when your partner gets back from a date and they're gushing about their date and you see that they're so so happy and you are happy for them or for me like i feel a lot of compersion when i watch my partner have sex with another person and they're having an orgasm and their eyes rolled back in their head and they're having a really good time at this point i've gotten so good at like practicing compersion i can have compersion for strangers like I'll, I'll be in the supermarket and i'll see a really cute moment between a couple in the aisle and just be happy for them that they're so happy together and i think that if you are going to try polyamory particularly if you've not tried it before, like a good first step is working on compersion and getting to the point where you can be happy for your partner. And I'd like to talk a little bit about another myth around polyamory. And it's like, oh, anything goes, there's no commitment. And both me and my partner long-term partner when we first decided to be poly together we created a polyamorous commitment and it, it, we each wrote our own and then we got together and we discussed it and we ironed out the differences and said okay let's agree to this but a polyamorous commitment can be amazing in helping glue the fabric of the relationship. It takes sitting down and really saying, okay, our poly commitment is going to be X, Y, and Z. And each one's different. I've heard many different variations on how people agree upon a 
polyamorous commitment, but it is a type of commitment. And I think one of the things that brings up jealousy and brings up a lot of bad negative feelings is when people don't communicate well and agree upon what's our boundaries, what's our rules. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to jump in real quick. Yeah. I think that it's much more important to make boundaries than it is rules, especially when it can interfere with the relation with some of the relationships that your partner is in. Like you can say, if you have unprotected sex with people that we haven't agreed with, I will not have sex with you. That is a boundary. Yeah. But to say you are not allowed to have unprotected sex with this person can be a bigger problem. Yeah. And it it's a subtle distinction. It is a subtle distinction. But I think boundaries are so important. And boundaries are very sitting down and really talking about not only what the boundaries are, but what each of you are searching for. Mm -hmm. What do each of you want to get out of this? And also realize it's not written in stone. Yeah, it can change. Mm -hmm. But at least initially, sit down and say, hey, this is my heart's desire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is what I really want in life. Yeah, and it can also be really good to set a date to, like, come back to it. Like, this is our agreement, and in three months we'll have another conversation to, like, expand on it and build and, on it. And believe me, when I first got with my current long-term partner, our relationship has evolved. It's changed over time, and things got a lot easier as we went along. Mm -hmm. We started opening things up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I think a big thing for me, when the few times, and I don't get jealous very often, but mm -hmm. the few times it came up, I realized what was behind the jealousy for me. It was fear. Mm -hmm. In a monogamous culture, you think, oh, if someone's going to cheat, they're going to leave me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that dynamic kind of fed the jealousy. Mm -hmm. And I realized, and the first time I had sex with somebody else outside my primary partner, I felt like, oh, am I doing something wrong? Mm -hmm. Am I doing something bad? I said, no, we talked about this. It's okay with her. It's okay with me. Go for it. But it still felt different at first. And it was a feeling that was kind of, I didn't really feel familiar with it. And as I practiced it, I became more familiar and I became okay with it. Mm-hmm. But it takes some time to process all this stuff. Mm -hmm. 
doesn't happen overnight. It's a process that's beautiful, but hard to discuss and, and sit down. It's like I had to sit down with my primary and say, hey, I'm feeling a little bit jealous. I don't want to lose you. I want confirmation. I want mm -hmm. to know that, hey, we're together still. And I think that's where it was. It was this fear that I was going to lose somebody that I felt very special with. Mm -hmm. And addressing those fears. And, and there is a power in naming. When we name it, we can get a grip on it. And we can handle it. Well, I mean, I think one of the... And it do, it's, it's not just around polyamory and monogamy. I think a lot of times when we have issues in our relationships, what it really comes down to is that we are trying to control the situation. And to a big degree, you have to let go of that because we can't dictate the future. Mm -hmm. It's... Things are going to happen as they do. And a lot of times, by trying to force things into a mold that they don't want to be in, we can, we can push away the people that we love. And I think it gets back, for me anyway, I can't tell you how many times I've repeated this phrase to myself, trust in the universe. It's going to work out. Trust in yourself. It's going to work out. <laughs> and things tend to. And they do. I mean, as long as you communicate. And and I think part of it is not only is sex a very vulnerable thing, relationships, are, you have to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You have to open yourself. Mm -hmm. And you have to say, hey, I'm here... Um, I've been wounded in the past, but I trust in you, and I'm going to be vulnerable with you, and I'm going to open up and let you see who I truly am. Mm -hmm. I know for me that part of relationships, they are very complex, so is sex. And a lot of times it just takes sitting down and opening up and saying, hey, these are my raw desires. This is my passion. And discover for yourself, what is your passion? Because passion can be a great guide for you. It can tell you where life sparks. It can put that light in your eyes. And when you discover passion, whether it's sexual passion or just passion, I mean, I have passion for a lot of things. Everything from photography to sculpting to doing, oh, computer programming, which sounds kind of boring, but I do have a passion for it. I like making things work a certain way and fit in and make things amazing. And so discovering your passions can go a long ways in building relationships, mm -hmm. and discovering your partner's passions. 
mm-hmm. and supporting your pet partner in their passions. Yeah. And one of the things that I find with non-monogamy is so no one can be everything to another person. There, I remember when I got in my first relationship, we started off the relationship like as an open relationship, but we weren't initially seeking out romantic partners. And then my girlfriend at the time met met someone that she was really into, and I encouraged her to start dating this person. And I remember at the time there were a lot of things that she really wanted from me that I wanted to give her, but I couldn't. I wasn't the kind of maker that she was. I didn't have as much interest in some of the subjects that she really loved. I was a good cheerleader, but I couldn't contribute to the conversation. And then when she met her other partner, they were able to talk for hours about those things. And he could give her like all sorts of like ideas of ways that she could do things and go about making something different and new and they could collaborate. And I was so happy that she was able to finally get those things that she really wanted and she really needed that I had wanted to give her that I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Oh my, we're to the top of the hour already. <laughs> Are there any takeaways from tonight's show that you'd like to share? So wherever you are in whatever relationship that you're in, or like if if you aren't currently in a relationship and you're kind of thinking about these things, I think that it's a good idea to spend some time and meditate and think about what it is that you're really looking for and what you really want. And then if you are in a relationship, have a discussion with your partner about those things and figure out where your partner stands, especially in a new relationship. Because like I said, that new relationship energy can, can, kind of hide some some things that might wind up being pitfalls in the future and by taking the time early on to discuss these things you can save yourself a lot of heart heartache down the road and maybe get yourself into a situation that both of you prefer in the long run i think for me my main takeaway is what I've kind of embraced in my life it's living a sex positive lifestyle, being open and communicating and really bonding at a deeper level with my partner. And whether or not she sleeps with a girl or a boy, that's okay with me. Totally nowadays. And it's not a bad thing. I think part of it is 
really embracing that I want my partner to find joy and happiness, whether it's in me or someone else, but it's not mutually exclusive. I know already she finds a lot of happiness being with me, but she also finds joy and happiness with other people. And that doesn't make me any less than what I am. It just adds to the love we have for each other. And if you take anything away from this, realize that if you did find out your partner's cheating on you, take a moment, really take a few deep breaths, and look, take a step back and look at it from a more global perspective. And say, well, apparently my partner found joy in, in something beautiful. And maybe I feel a little bad I couldn't give that to them, but they found it. And that's okay. And I celebrate it because it made, I mean, what brought me together with my partner was being able to bring her happiness, joy, and love, and laughter, and all the good things. And I think that's the start of what you call compersion. It's like celebrating in another person and saying, hey, you're so beautiful and I love you so much. I want you to have this. Whether it's with me or another. And I know that we've had our moments and I think it's a part of overcoming some of the fear. I believe in me. I know I'm good, and I do a lot of good things for my partner. I can't do everything for my partner, and I'm very happy now that she can find what she needs in others. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. <laughs> pleasure your body and pleasure your partner. If you're in a relationship, take time to find the spark of joy, the spark of love. Enjoy sex. It's the gift of the goddess. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me and developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. 
we would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.